when someone is coming to you for a love reading, they're usually highly emotionally charged people because they've either just broken up with somebody. A great point. Or they're looking for love. They're very lonely. Or they're in a very tumultuous situation, kind of maybe a back and forth kind of we're breaking up and getting back together type of thing. Hi, I'm Andrea Neville. And I'm Jessica Paschke. We're two mediums whose spiritual experiences have been quite the adventure. We've discovered that sometimes the adventure is wonderful and unexpected, and sometimes it's downright uncomfortable. Join us as we chat about our own adventures and answer your questions about spirit, giving you specific tools and practices you can use to bring clarity and connection into your everyday life. Welcome to Adventures with Spirit. Are you enjoying Adventures with Spirit? Would you like to dive deeper into your own adventure? We are so excited to offer a two-to-one private reading with both of us. Appointments are limited. Head over to adventureswithspirit.com or look in the show notes to get the scheduling link and more information. Welcome to Adventures with Spirit. And we've got a lovely surprise today because it's February. And usually this is the time of year where people's minds wander to love. And love has so many flavors. We've got romantic love, self-love, collective love. And also, you know, like, do we want to find love? Do we want to celebrate it? Do we want to avoid it? I mean, all of these questions are everywhere right now. And that's why we've got Jennifer Love here to talk all about love. Jennifer is a passionate, authentic, intuitive who uses divine guidance to help people love themselves and live more fully in their bodies, which I absolutely love. And the cool part is that she also works with your guardian angels, ancestors, and spirit guides in all of her intuitive readings, which you know is our thing, right? Because <laughs> we talk about it all the time. And so she is here to, you know, help us explain how she gives her clients an embodied healing experience and, and just navigate the, the love. I mean, love is such a loaded word. So Jennifer, we're so grateful to have you here to help us unpack it. Hi, Jennifer. Thank Hi. you. Hi, <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So love. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you, you are, that's your thing. That's your niche is love and relationship readings. Yes. Yes, it's absolutely my specialty. I love love. It's my passion. It's my thing. It's what I'm known for. And I do love readings. And that's what my clients love me for. That's fantastic. I would love to know. <laughs> We're going to be throwing the word love around a lot yeah, today. We, we definitely are. <laughs> yeah. I would love to know what a love reading is. Yeah, absolutely. I want to dive deeper in a minute, but if you should just kind of right off the top, what is a love reading? Right. So a love reading is looking at your love life typically, or the lack thereof in some cases, um, intuitively. So I work with the clients, um, guardian angels, spirit guides, and ancestors to get guidance on your love life. And typically it involves looking at your relationship with yourself. And if there is self-love happening, 
And sometimes it involves looking at the history of your romantic relationships and sometimes forecasting into the future what's going to happen in terms of your love life going forward. It's very different from fortune telling, though. I have to caution this is not, you know, a carnival uh, fortune telling type of experience. This is more an intuitive reading is looking at the energy of the person that I am reading for. So I'm reading that client's energy and not more telling their fortune or <laughs> telling, telling their future. It's not really like I'm trying to predict their future. It's more of I'm trying to read their energy, which is a very important distinction. Yeah. And, and where their energy is flowing so that they can maybe make different choices, right? Right. And that's what I think is so valuable about getting an intuitive reading is that, you know, when I'm telling you this is the energy, this is what I think could be a possible future. If you don't like what I'm saying, you can change it. So that's, you know, the most powerful part of getting an intuitive reading is that, you know, it's not any type of future prediction is not set in stone and nothing is ever set in stone. So anything that, you know, I'm working with a client reading their energy, it can always be changed with their free will choices. So it's always positive. Everything's always positive. I think that's a great, a great point to bring up. Right? Well, it is. And Jessica and I say all the time, we repeat over and over free will, you have choices, you know, you, yes, maybe this is what the energy is at the moment, but it absolutely can change. Right. And that's why I don't like to do a lot of timed predictions like, oh, you know, the love of your life is coming in three months because there's so <laughs> many things that can happen to change those choices and those types of predictions. So yes. COVID, I mean, seriously, COVID happened and we all went inside right, and right. isolated. Yeah. So timeline jacked up. <laughs> right. And, and, and I can tell a client that, you know, you might meet someone in a month, but if they stay home and do nothing, you're not going to meet anybody except, you know, maybe the Amazon right. delivery guy. Right. So, <laughs> right. This is very true. Totally. This yeah, is very so, true. So your free will choices affect everything. So I got divorced <laughs> and it just kind of started this chain of events, healthy eating, healthy starting relationships. I started creating boundaries for myself. I started on a spiritual path. Um, I started a relationship with my angels. I started um, studying intuitive kind of, uh, I started an angel intuitive program because not that I necessarily wanted to do intuitive readings. I just wanted a more kind of spiritual connection um, with my angels. I had been raised- Yourself. Yes. yes. I'd been raised Catholic, but it just was lacking something for me um, spiritually. So I started losing weight. I started having a better connection to myself. And I found uh, pole dancing, which a lot of people <laughs> probably- I love wouldn't. how we went from angels to pole dancing. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I think it's awesome. <laughs> I, I, I did yoga for a year, but I got bored with it. And then I kind of stumbled into the dance studio one day, and I just really found this connection to my body, which I'd never found before. And, you know, the pole dance community is just very accepting of all body types, which- I love that. Which That's I hard was, to find. Yeah, which I'd never really experienced before. I really hated my body. 
And in that dance studio, I found this love and acceptance for my body that I had never really experienced before. So that was kind of my spiritual journey. It kind of started with not experiencing any emotion to kind of starting to go down a spiritual path with my angels to into embodiment. And then I kind of found this self-love experience with falling in love with my body. Well, I love that you took your your own journey, right? And, yeah. and the wisdom that you collected along the way and you realized, oh, I can help, I can help other people yeah. because of, of, of all the, the stuff I experienced. And I think a lot of times in the spiritual world, we're shown like, oh, you have, you know, people have this perception. You have to not, it has to not be messy to be spiritual, right? Like you have oh, to right. be perfect. You have to be centered all the time. But I think it's in the mess that we become spiritual and that's where we glean our wisdom, right? That's where, that's where things like, that's where the magic comes from is in that messy part of our lives, I think. For sure. And it's definitely very messy. And this is very, like, it's very progressive, right? This is like a 10 year experience I'm talking about. Yeah. This is not yeah. like this overnight. This is not like six months. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. And, and I have to say, you know, the area that I've struggled with the most is obviously self-love, body image, and love and relationships. Um, so because I struggled so much with these areas is this is what, you know, I try to help other people with because, you know, these are the areas that I struggled with the most. And so I identify, you know, with these struggles with other people. And because I've learned so much about this myself, I recognize it in other people and I feel like I have a lot to offer. So tell me, you know, there are in the spiritual reading world, right? There are those who will do love readings, those that will kind of do love readings, and those who really don't want to do them. There's a stigma surrounding love readings. I think yeah, yeah. it's not earned, but it exists, especially mm -hmm. in, in the tarot and oracle card world. Right. <laughs> right. Or it's considered, you know, fortune or they're looking for fortune telling or they're afraid it's fortune telling. Right. It's yeah. Meaning because they want the prediction, the crystal ball. I'm not putting down fortune telling in any way. Yeah, yeah. It's just different. Sure. So why do you think that some readers, you know, readers being the people providing the reading, yeah. why do, tell us about that. Why are they shying away from it? Why do some people like it? Some people don't. What's the expectation of the client? So first of all, I think a lot of intuitives and readers don't like doing the love readings because- when someone is coming to you for a love reading, they're usually highly emotionally charged people because they've either just broken up with somebody. A great point. Or they're looking for love. They're very lonely. Or they're in a very tumultuous situation, kind of maybe a back and forth kind of we're breaking up and getting back together type of thing they're wanting an answer that they're not ready to hear. You know, there's just a lot of situations in love that it's very highly emotionally charged, right? Yes. So it's very difficult to be sensitive and provide kind, compassionate information and be sensitive to the client. But, you know, any type of intuitive reading, I think you have to be kind and compassionate and sensitive. So I'm not sure that 
if that's the reason, you know, people don't like doing it, but you have to be ready to hear the truth. You have to be ready to provide accurate guidance. You have to be ready to tell people things that they don't always want to hear. And, you know, I still get clients who aren't ready to hear what I have to say. And I have to be, you know, brave enough to tell them the truth anyway. And sure, I get people that are just like, no, I'm not going <laughs> to, I don't, I don't want to hear that. But I always try to leave people with the most positive, you know, message that I can. But I think another reason that, that people don't like doing love readings is for that kind of fortune telling aspect. Like you said, um, people want timelines and they want some kind of guarantee or information that may not actually be there. This is tying back to what you said earlier, which I really, really resonates with me. You know, that it's really about the work you need to do for yourself, whether you're in a healthy relationship, an unhealthy relationship, in a relationship, not in a relationship. It really all comes back to you. Right. You have to be working on yourself spiritually to see any sort of progress. Doing love readings for yourself is extremely difficult. I've gotten to the point where I can do it for myself because I'm that practiced, but um, it is really difficult to do it for yourself because it's very highly emotionally charged. And when you're highly emotionally charged, um, you can very much skew the reading. Speaking of, who do you think or how do you think, right? Either who or, or how are these love readings, how are they best used? Who can best utilize them? I think it's great when um, you are slightly confused and you just want guidance. It's best for asking for guidance. I think that's the the best way to use it when you feel like you want to hear the truth. It's just not clear. You want to just hear what your angels have to say. You want guidance. Um, If you feel like I've been alone for so long and I just need some reassurance that love is out there for me. I need some, I need a boost, you know, I need to know that, you know, this is going to happen. I keep dating and I'm not meeting the right person. And I just need to know that it's going to happen for me. And I just have to say, it's going to happen for you. But (laughs) if you want reassurance, like that's, that's a great use of it. So I would be remiss if I didn't bring this up. (laughs) And, And we're talking about love, right? Um, what are your feelings about soulmates and twin flames? And how how do you define those? Because I, I think we need to start with that first, because a lot of times when you're you're wading into the love relationship, you know, the question that comes up is, are they my twin flame? Are they my soulmate? So can you define what a soulmate is and define what a twin flame is and how those things work? I know that's like a loaded thing, probably a whole yeah. other episode, but but I think it's important that we talk about it. Yeah. So this is my own definition. And I think a lot of people have their own definition. But for me, a soulmate is someone in your own soul group. So when we are incarnated onto the earth from heaven or whatever your concept of heaven is, your soul comes from a particular soul group. And you know, your soulmate is someone that came from that same group as you did. So for me, soulmates could be either, it could be even a parent or a child um, could be your soulmate as well, as well as a romantic partner. Your twin flame is actually um, someone who was 
actually the same soul as you are that split into two and incarnated into two physical bodies onto the earth. So not everyone has a twin flame in this lifetime on the earth. And twin flame relationships are actually highly charged, extremely painful, and it's not something that you want to aspire to. So, <laughs> so I'm laughing yeah, because people are like, how do I find my twin flame? And right. I'm always like, I don't know that you want to. Right. <laughs> you know? So when people say that to me, I want to find my twin flame, I'm like, you don't want to find your twin flame. I think you want to find a soulmate. Mm -hmm. um, but you don't even actually have to find a twin flame or a soulmate to have a happy, fulfilled, romantic relationship. So when people come to me with that question, I say, how about we ask, I want to find a happy, fulfilled, romantic relationship? Because I don't think you actually want to find either a soulmate or a twin flame. I think what you actually want is a happy, fulfilled, romantic relationship. And I absolutely think you can have more than one soulmate. Um, people, you know, especially people who are my age, I'm 47, you know, I'm much older. I've had multiple soulmates because, you know, people, a soulmate is someone that you're, can learn and grow from. So, you know, soulmates come into your life, you learn lessons, you grow, and then maybe you've outgrown the lesson as you, you move on. You know, sometimes people, point. sometimes people unfortunately pass away and you think, oh my gosh, that was my soulmate. Now, you know, am I never going to be in love again? Well, of course you're going to be in love again. You're not meant to spend the rest of your life alone. Your angels mm -hmm. don't have that intention for you. <laughs> you're not yeah. meant to be unhappy. We're meant to be happy and fulfilled. So yeah, you meet someone else and learn some more fabulous lessons in life. I love that. So yeah. I'm just thinking, I'm, you know, my mind is going with everything that you're saying, putting it all into perspective. So have you seen some patterns or stories that repeat themselves or that you've noticed with your clients in your readings that could be helpful here? Oh, yes. There's so many different <laughs> stories. Um, yeah. And it, it really, there's so many things that come from childhood trauma. There are, you know, a lot of people grew up with parents who were addicts or alcoholics. So we've learned coping mechanisms like codependency people have grown up with abandonment issues and it's, you know, parents who are emotionally unavailable to us. And, you know, that happens with parents who are addicts and alcoholics, but it also happens with parents who are just, you know, emotionally not there for whatever reason. It could even be something as mild as, you know, my parents worked a lot. It's not necessarily like you were super abused as a child, right? You know, it's just that my parents worked a lot because, you know, their career was important to them. And so I felt emotionally neglected. And that can really cause a lot of trauma in our adult relationships because you feel anxious, anxiously attached. There's this great book called Attached um, that explains these attachment issues in our relationships. There's four different types of attachment. So abandonment issues are very common because of these different types of attachment and how people attach, you know, based upon the attachment styles that we learned as children. There are also different, I want to say, relationship styles in this day and age and communication issues about these relationship styles. And I want to say there's not just one type of commitment nowadays where it's like, 
you and I decide to be a couple and we're committed. So now there's the notion of the situationship where, you know, we're in this like casual relationship, but no one's defined the relationship. So it just kind of struggles on as we're like casually dating, but no one has actually defined whether we're exclusive or not. So people call this a situationship. Then there's also the friends with benefits where we're just um, having sex with each other, but we're not actually committed, but we both agree that we're just having sex with each other. Then of course there's like casually dating where you're just like dating, but you're not committed to each other and you're just dating and you're still dating other people and it's just like going on and on and on, but you're still not committed to each other. Then there's the commitment where you're dating and you're committed, but you're not moved in together. You're not uh, proposed, you're not engaged, but you're just boyfriend and girlfriend for the rest of your lives. <laughs> so there's all these types of different relationships and um, and people can date and stagnate at any point in these different types of relationships. But what's important is that you communicate and that you agree on what stage of dating that you're at and that you're both happy with this stage. And I'm not judging, I, you know, whatever works for you and your partner is what works for you and your partner at this stage of your life. But what makes people unhappy is if they don't agree with the phase of the relationship or the status. And that's where people get into trouble. I want to just chat a little bit about your top five tips or suggestions for love and relationship readings for yourself. But also if you're, you know, pulling cards, if you're a pro reader, what are some of the tips to keep in mind too, when you're, when you're pulling for other people? Yeah. You know, it's, it's so hard to do love readings for yourself when you first start, because you start telling yourself messages that you want to hear. You keep getting these too good to be true, you know, messages. And it's because you can't really handle the truth. <laughs> you get you get too emotional and you kind of force the reading. That's actually what is happening. And you know, also, you know, you pick a car, you don't like it, you put it back, that whole, you know, oh, and I think this oracle abuse this, thing. This is a great point for love and relationship readings, but also any kind of reading. Yeah. Like I remember, you know, we move a lot with my husband's job and I'll, I would pull cards when I first started doing that, you know, where are we going to move? What is this going to, you know what I mean? And, <laughs> yeah. and, and it was never clear because I was too emotionally charged to, yeah. to get that, that clear insight into what the cards were really saying. <laughs> right. I definitely yeah, when you're do that. Emotional, it, when you're too emotional on something, I call a friend, you know, whether yeah. I'm working with cards or my own intuition or a pendulum or something, if it's a highly emotionally charged, I phone a friend for sure. Because I'll wonk it all up. You can't help it. <laughs> right, right. I'll wonk it all. Up. I will. Lovely. I guess my pendulum says one thing, it says another thing. And I'm like, well, wait a second. <laughs> Get someone who's not connected. Right? right. Get someone who's who's got right. a better perspective. Do I take aspirin? Do I take Motrin? <laughs> Which one is it? I don't know. <laughs> all I know is I hurt. <laughs> yeah, you know, the message really gets lost when you don't want to hear the truth. So you really have to be ready to hear it. And sometimes when you're too emotional, you can't hear the message. So the first thing is you can't read for yourself when you're too emotional. So the best thing you could do is ground yourself and try to, you know, either meditate, meditate or like exercise to get back in your body, 
you can take a bath or like go out into nature or, you know, like Andrea said, you could have somebody else read for you or, you know, a great tip that, you know, Radley Valentine used to tell us to do is to pretend you're doing the reading for somebody else. So you kind of lay out your cards and say, okay, this reading is for Jennifer and Jennifer has this problem and I'm going to read for her. So you kind of step out of it step out of yourself and like pretend you're reading for somebody else. And that is, Mm. that sometimes is just enough for you to be like, I'm this third party reading for you. Mm -hmm. I remember Colette saying something similar in Oracle school when I went through Oracle school was imagine yourself is stepping out of yourself and it's going to sit on the chair across the room. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like just to give yourself enough space, right. To, To get, to get a clearer perspective. And what do we always ask our angels? Thank you for revealing to me what I need to know. And if they're not telling you, then you don't really need to know. <laughs> you may want to, right? <laughs> but you don't need it. Right. Very and good so point. That's always key when you're not getting the answer is that you may not need to know at this time. So don't keep pulling cards if you're not getting the answer or if you're not getting clarity, you might just need to stop because you may just not need to know the answer at this time. So, you know, pulling cards and pulling cards and pulling cards not helping. So sometimes if you're just not getting the message, you don't need to know. Right. So stop pulling cards. Right. Right. Because I mean, the, 78 cards later, you're still not going to know. <laughs> it's like in a reading, if it's not helpful information or the timing's not right, you're just, you're not going to receive it. So just let it go. Yeah. I mean, you can pull another card for clarity, but like, mm-hmm. like you said, 78 <laughs> cards, it's not, it's not going to help. It's not going to help. Yeah. So you always want to, you know, align to service and devotion and have your client's highest good in mind, but just make sure that you're grounded and in your body and make sure that you aren't too emotional. That's kind of the biggest, the biggest thing that, you know, I can say is that if you're too emotional, you're, you're kind of forcing that reading. And that's kind of the, the key part of doing readings for yourself. When I, when I'm too emotional trying to do a love reading for myself, I ask a friend pretty much when I'm treating readings for other people. But I've kind of got to the point now where I can read for myself. So it's but that's taken a lot of practice and a lot of experience and a lot yeah. of like, oh, that's definitely not what that card was saying. Yeah. And now yeah. I know, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it takes it takes a while to get to that point. So I mean when I'm reading for when I'm doing a re- love reading for a client, I'm kind of having their highest good in mind. I'm like tuning into their guardian angels and their ancestors and their spirit guides. And I'm really like noticing their energy there. Is it really high? Is it really low? What are their emotions? Kind of the most important thing is to leave them with advice and hope. Um, You never want to kind of leave a love reading on a sour note. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's it's always challenging to tell someone, you know, this is not the person. This is not the love of your life. Um, you're going to break up with somebody. Um, but you always want to give somebody something to work on, something to hope for, you know, something positive. 
And it's really easy to do in an angel card reading is to leave something, you know, give them some advice, some something to work on. Um, it's really pretty easy with angel cards to, you know, say something positive. And then always be grateful for all the messages that you're given and um, leave with gratitude. So that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of the, the tips. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And it, I think it is really important, really, and you hit it, for any reading love or relationship yeah. or whatever, that you leave them with something that's uplifting and positive, right? Not that you're going to make something up, no. but, but leave them feeling empowered, right? Like, right. you know, like here's the action now you're going to go take, or here's what you're going to go think about, or here, you know, something that they can hold on to like an anchor moving forward, even when things have been disrupted and, and kicked up. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, that's super important to always tune in and um, make sure you always end on a high note because that's the whole point of an angel card reading. (laughs) (laughs) When you're starting a a love reading or a relationship reading for someone, how does it, how do you begin? We always begin by um, centering and grounding and tuning in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's how I usually begin. And then, my are you readings. using mainly cards or intuition or both? Both. I start okay. with cards, and it's kind of like a launch pad for my intuition. Mm-hmm. I understand that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I think it's important too that everyone gets centered and grounded because, like you said, they're coming in charged usually for a love mm-hmm. reading, right? Yes. And you want to slow it down for just a second, anchor it in, because that helps you read them better too. You know right, what I mean? Right. Um, I'm mainly clairsentient, so I usually feel things first. So it usually comes to me as a feeling in my body, and then I might see or hear secondary. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of how I mainly get intuitive messages first is through feeling. So it's really important for me to ground with my client's energy first. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Yeah. Can you give us an example taking us – you know, through a reading somehow? Like, would it be Sure. A, oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of, I'm thinking, is Yay. it a question? Is it, well, because, you know, if people are tuning in for the extended experience, I'm sitting here thinking, really, how does it work? Like, let's show them. Mm-hmm. Um, do or you want tell me to them? just like <laughs> pull cards or? Yeah. Sure. Whatever I, way that you, yeah. I'm a card lover. <laughs> Let's see. And you can certainly just do an example, or I think you can use either one of us if you need to. I'm speaking for Jessica. You can certainly use me if you want to. We'll let Jessica decide if she, you know, but I'm always open to like, whatever. (laughs) You know me. (laughs) I'll do myself because I don't want to embarrass either of you. I love it. Because I do think some people think, you know, what is a love reading? And then they have this, I find this in mediumship all the time, this Hollywood movie version of what they think a love reading is, when in reality, it's something very different and much more approachable. (laughs) So I'm using um, Kyle Gray's Angels and Ancestors deck. And I'm doing a strength, heart, challenge, three card love reading on myself. <laughs> I I love it. I love it. Okay. Can I so, pause yeah. and ask you a question though? Because sure. this is really important. Yeah. Because you and I, that's how we met was Angel Team. And we're yeah. both mentors in Angel yes. Team this year. Yes. Right. And so you'll hear me often do strength heart challenges as well. But it makes a difference, y'all. It makes a difference if you're doing it. The cards will have a little 
I don't want to say a different meaning, but when it's a love reading, it's going to be different than if I'm looking into your career or your yes. home or a general, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's, it's just important to keep that in mind that when you pull cards and your intention is for a love reading, those are going to read a little bit differently than they would for like, let's say a career reading. Right. And Jennifer, I love that you're doing this on yourself because now you're teaching people, showing people how they can kind of get started doing that for themselves with yes. the caveat that don't be too emotionally charged. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not emotionally charged right now at all. So that's great. Um, so the strength I have for myself is Hunter. So the Hunter card is about um, tracking down your fears and desires. So what my angels are saying is that I've been really good about honing down what exactly are my fears about love and what I actually desire in romantic relationships, which is like what we've been kind of talking about today, is that, you know, really getting clear about what I, what are my barriers to love and how to overcome them and what I actually want in a romantic relationship and going after it, really hunting it down, really, um, you know, being aware of what um, holds me back in love and tackling it. Um, so thank you, angels. I really appreciate that high five that I've been great about knowing what I want and going after it. Sweet. I love how that's like the perfect card for you. I love right? how that came up. I was like, damn. <laughs> Dang, they're good. on. Cool. That's what you just talked about. It you is. Know? It is yeah, actually. Perfect. It is perfect. That's what's so great about these cards. I mean, they, they can't get more spot on. Um, so what's in my heart at this time is wise one. Um, this is one of my favorite cards. Oh my gosh. Um, to grow within my current situation. Oh my God. I just can't. I just can't with these right? cards. Um, so of course I'm in a relationship right now. And so my angels are saying that I really need to stay put where I am and learn and grow within my current relationship. Thank God if they told me to get out of it, I don't know what I'd say. Um, but, you know, <laughs> that's kind of bad news, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, what's in my heart is that, you know, to stay within my current situation and learn and grow from it. So which kind of what we said about soulmates is that, you know, you're with per people in your life to learn and grow from. So this is really, you know, reinforcing what's in my heart right now is to really stay within my relationship and use it as an opportunity to learn and grow about, learn and grow myself, you know, and it's always going to, relationships are work, you know, it's, it's never going to be easy all the time. I mean, it, it's definitely, most of the time it's easy, right? It's, it's lovely, but there's always challenges and um, you use them as opportunities to grow. So the challenge for me is star ancestor and it says, follow the voice of your soul. So the challenge for me is to continue to um, listen to my intuition. And sometimes I forget to even listen to myself and listen to my own intuition <laughs> and to continue to reflect and grow spiritually in my own practice, but also um, in my relationship to listen to my intuitive voice when my um, intuition is telling me to do something in my own love relationship that I'm like, oh, should I, should I not? 
really, uh, I was trying to listen to my own guidance recently about whether or not I should invite my boyfriend to a family gathering. And I was thinking, oh, I'm not sure if it's the right time to be doing this in a relationship. It's kind of early to be inviting him to a huge family. I'm Mexican and I have a huge extended family. And um, I wasn't sure if it was a good time to be inviting my boyfriend to this family gathering because, you know, it's kind of overwhelming to be in part of this huge family, right? And um, so I was kind of like second guessing myself about inviting him to this huge family gathering because I wasn't sure if it's the right time, you know. But I was concerned that, you know, I didn't want my boyfriend to be alone on a big holiday. And uh, so my intuition was saying you should invite him because it's just my nature to not want him to be alone on a big holiday. And uh, so I was not listening to my intuition. I was, you know, thinking about, you know, oh, in relationships, it's too early to invite someone home. You were in your head. I was in my head and not my heart. So it's my challenge to listen to my intuition more. Um, So, of course, I invited him. We had a great time. My family met him. It was wonderful. Um, Yeah. End of story. But um, yeah, so my challenge in this reading is to follow the voice of my soul and listen to my intuition more as when it pertains to my relationship. I love that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that with us. And then, yeah. And how it works and then how you interpret the cards. And now that you've done the, the strength heart challenge card mm-hmm. or cards, I should say, what do you do with the reading that you just completed? So I would say like as a story, um, this is, it makes sense as a story, I think, um, as advice, I would tell this client, your angels are congratulating you for doing a good job, um, following your heart, stay within your current situation and continue to listen to your intuition. I think that the advice is, you know, you're doing great and continue to follow your intuition. It's kind of like a pretty clear story and the advice is really clear. Um, if the advice was not as clear, I might pull another card, but in this case, it seemed pretty like direct, direct. Yeah. Um, and it usually is, I mean, to me, like the challenge card is more like the advice or like what to do next. Um, sometimes it's the heart and the challenge. That's kind of like a combo advice. Um, but usually like the strength is like the good job, well done. And then, you know, the heart and the challenge is kind of like more of the advice. Um, but then there's actionable steps. Yeah. Yeah. That you there's can help definitely. Them with. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, if this client was like, oh, I don't know how to, you know, what does that mean? Use my intuition or I don't know how to use my intuition. You know, there's definitely like ways to help people, you know, use their intuition more or, you know, how to help ground yourself or, you know, things that I would recommend to do that kind of thing. I love it. I love it. Jennifer, thank you. I think you made it so clear. They do not have to be, like I said, 78 card readings to get a really specific message. Less is more, y'all. Less is more. Yeah. Honestly, (laughs) most of my love readings are three card readings. 
Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll pull like Oracle cards maybe to clarify. Um, I use tarot mostly. I use angel mm-hmm. tarot. I use angel tarot and then I use Oracle cards to clarify those tarot cards. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't pull a ton of cards. I really okay, don't. So I have to ask one final question. Yeah. What are your favorite card decks? Top three card decks right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to put you on the spot. No, no. I, I mean, I'm using um, the Radley's Angel Wisdom mm-hmm. deck. And I use Kyle's, <laughs> I'm calling it the orange deck. Oh, the Angel uh, Guide Oracle. Angel Guide Oracle. Thank you. Like, <laughs> we know what well, the I know orange deck mine. is. <laughs> Yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> those those are the two I use the most, and I use this energy energy oracle cards. Oh, that's by um Sandra. Sandra. Oh, Ann Taylor, Sandra Ann Taylor. Say, is it Taylor? Yeah, yeah. Sandra Ann Taylor. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have that deck too. Really beautiful imagery on that deck. So I usually start and I pull like an overall energy card, and then I pull three tarot cards, and then I mm-hmm. pull advice angel cards. I love it. Um, that's kind of how my love readings go. Am I going to find someone? Am I with the right one? Or how do I, what do I do for myself? How do I work on myself? How do I find that, that person? Yeah. It, yeah. How do I find love? Um, what can I do to um, love myself more? Um, and um all of those types of questions. I love it. Thank you. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thank you for staying around Jennifer. and giving us more information. It's been Thank wonderful to chat you with too. you. <laughs> this has been so great. I love sharing okay. stuff. I, I, I love, I love it because you're so great at this. One final plug and we'll wrap it up. What is your website? It's jenniferlove.me. There you go. That's where you find her. Um, for those of you who are interested and our newsletter subscribers, we are going to be going a little bit deeper even with Jennifer in an extended part of this podcast. So if you're interested in hearing the extended edition, then sign up for our newsletter at www.adventureswithspirit.com newsletter, and you'll have access to this next little bonus. Thanks for being a part of today's Adventure with Spirit. Subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. We'd love it if you left a review. Visit our website at adventureswithspirit.com to find out more information and submit a question for the chance to be featured in a future episode. Like what you heard? Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Andrea Neville Psychic Medium and at Intuitive by the Sea for more inspiring content. Here's to being adventurous. Thank you.